Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by my co-host, Mike Schmitz. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Just wanted to mention again that we have t-shirts available on Cotton Bureau. If you are interested, you can still get yours. But today we are talking about the power of words. Yes, very important topic. Now, why? (laughs) Because your words are going to frame your world. That's the short answer. (laughs) Yes. If you've ever heard the old adage that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you, you couldn't be any farther from the truth. Broken bones can be set and healed, but words can go very, very deep. Yep. And what it says in Luke 6.35, I love, it says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. I forget who said it in the self-development sphere, but the thoughts that you think influence the words that you say, influence the emotions that you feel, influences the actions that you do. And it's it's all cyclical, and they're all interconnected. Uh, but I think that if you were to take a step back, that's actually a very spiritual principle. And whoever it was that said that, whatever self-development guru said that, and people are like, oh my gosh, that's so true, the power of positive thought, it really starts, <laughs> it starts in the word. And uh, basically, what is in you is going to come out of you. Uh, but I believe that you can kind of arrest that cycle too. So you can be impacted by the things that are happening to you. And so you start to believe certain negative things. And so you start thinking negative things. And then pretty soon you're saying negative things. And then you have negative things. But you can nip that in the bud too. And you can, you can create a virtuous circle. But you don't have to just react to what's going on around you. You can respond appropriately and speak positive words, and start going the other direction. Yeah, it is a cycle. What we put in us will come out of us. And the things that we dwell on, good or bad, there will be a harvest. There will be fruit from that. And the good news is, like you just said, is that cycle can be changed, and that can be rewritten. Yep. Positive or negative, we can stop and change our course. And if you have heard this before, maybe you haven't, that we are really three parts. We are a spirit, a soul, and a body. And what comes out of our mouth is a direct reflection of what we have put in our heart. So garbage in, garbage out if we're feeding on Netflix or just entertainment all the time. We don't have a whole lot of good coming out of our our mouth, most likely. Mm -hmm. So... A good check is how am I speaking about myself? How am I thinking about myself? How am I thinking about my children or the other people in my life? Because I bet you how you're thinking about them or yourself is also what you're saying about them or yourself. Yeah, it's the stuff that you feed on. And just like you wouldn't eat a whole bunch of junk food and expect to be healthy, You can't do the same thing. You can't feed on a whole bunch of trash and expect your spirit and your mind to be healthy. And for whatever reason, we seem to think that in the in the realm of the mind, we have the ability to overcome the inputs like we can just absorb all this junk and it doesn't affect us. 
It's like we can just push a button and say, nope, there, we know that's not real, but it's it's true. Like whatever you are, whatever your dominant thought is, like that gets down in, inside of you. It, it's a root that produces fruit in your life. And if you're going to continually watch, you know, those like CSI type shows, I know you dealt with that. Like you're going to start thinking about those things. Yeah. And it's no wonder why maybe you have some some nightmares and things like that. Well, look at look at what you're feeding on. Look at the things that you're putting in. Because like you said, garbage in, garbage out. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever watch anything that's not spiritual, you know, anything that's not wholesome, just like you can't say, well, you can never have a piece of pie. <laughs> but it's got to be the exception and not the rule. You you got to focus on the things, the, the, the fruit and the veggies, the stuff that's going to build you up. Yes, definitely. And when we're talking about how we're speaking, it being a reflection on what's on the inside, it's very, very true and it's very powerful. And if we are feeding on the news, we could see ourselves being a newsboy and just yep. speaking what's happening. Well, there's some truth to, you know, being aware, right, of what's going on around us. We're not living in a little cave and being ignorant to the world around us. But we have to be really careful and guarded about how much of the news and what's going on that we feed on. Because if we're just going to simply be a newsboy and every conversation we have is about what's going on, then we're going to find ourselves pretty worn down and discouraged by the end of the day. Because we were not designed to just simply report the news. We were designed to be bigger than that and to um, declare things in a way that changes our world around us. Yeah, I'm, I think of something our pastor says all the time about being a thermostat and not a thermometer. If you are constantly looking to the, the news or outside sources, somebody to say something good about you or something that you did. That is, in essence, living like a thermometer. You can gauge the temperature, but that's an awful place to be where you're constantly looking for the approval to say, yep, you're doing good enough. It's got to come from the the inside out. And that's what a thermostat does. It doesn't just take the temperature, it sets the temperature. And so we can be in the world, but not of it. We can look at the news and everything that's going on around us. And instead of being upset, by all of those things, we can know that we have an answer and we have the ability to speak against some of this stuff that's happening and see it change. You know, we don't have to just be tossed back and forth by the storms of life. We have the ability to do something about it by the words that we say. Yeah, so it's another thing to do with self-reflection and evaluating what good things do I want to see in my life? You know, maybe there's some areas I'm struggling in. So what can I say, change about what I say? What can I change about how I think about things? What is it that I should be reading or thinking on? Or who should I be talking to that will help change me into a positive cycle of thinking, meditating, speaking, what's in my heart, all of that. So it's all aligning with the values that I have in my life and the place that I really want to go. Mm -hmm. So we could continue being a newsboy or what would be the opposite of that? Someone who declares what they want to have. Make the what news. They want. Don't yeah. just tell the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like these questions that you have here. How am I speaking about myself and how am I speaking about my children? Uh, let's just use the, the newsboy analogy here a little bit further. You can report on every 
single mistake that your kids make. That would be like being a newsboy and, and get so discouraged. Oh man, they just don't get it. And likewise, with your spouse or your significant other, you could focus on every little thing that's wrong and say, oh man, my marriage isn't what I want it to be. But that is a negative cycle. And if you continue to say those things, and yeah, you're going to be in a strained relationship. But the opposite is true, where you can declare things about your relationship and your marriage, and you can say, I have a phenomenal relationship with my wife. And even if you don't feel it yet, if you say those things, (laughs) it'll happen. (laughs) Right. And it's not a matter of self-denial and just like, it's not actually true and you're lying to yourself about it. It's about speaking to what the reality is that you want to see. It's an intention. Yes. And there's way more good than bad. (laughs) And even with our own selves, I struggle with being very hard on myself and questioning, like, am I doing it right? Is this okay? But I've really had to just step back and evaluate, well, what does okay look like for me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that I can recognize that and I don't need an outside source to tell me if I'm doing okay or not. And we've, we've talked about gratitude before and this definitely ties into gratitude where we could be having like a, you know, a rough week with communication between Mike and I and things just aren't clicking. But when we have our conversation, we sit down to have our family meeting or whatever it may be and we express gratitude, it's like the weight of anything negative literally falls off. It falls off and it doesn't even matter anymore because that one glimmer of light of gratitude, focusing on that one positive thing that really helped you, changes everything. It changes the focus. So we're not just so focused on all that's wrong, yep. but we're focused on what's right. When you focus on the the problem, you can see the negative things that are happening, but It's not until something positive comes to replace it that any good changes come. You know, you can be focused on the the obstacle and end up just going right into it. (laughs) I heard somebody say that when you're golfing and there's like a water hazard, most amateur golfers will have a thought process like, don't hit it in the water, don't hit it in the water, don't hit it in the water. But your brain can't differentiate positive versus negative. So it just says, oh, water over there. And then most of the time, you're going to hit it towards the water, even though that's not where you want to go. So instead of focusing on avoid this thing, you know, you want to be setting the intention, I want to go in this direction, I want to hit the fairway, I want to hit the, the, the straight and narrow, and you have a much better chance of following through with that because you create that picture in your head and in your mind's eye, and then you have the ability to walk it out. Before you can see it, though, it's hard for you to believe that you could actually do that. Yeah, and our words are super powerful with our children. There could be something going on in their life that is really hard to go through, but speaking negatively to the child or about them or even thinking about them negatively is not helping them. If you've heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy, it's basically that cycle, good or bad, it will come true because that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what you speak, it's going to happen. Yeah. So if you are saying, I have a rebellious child, then you're going to have a rebellious child. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't want to have a rebellious child. Exactly. Uh, a really neat example recently was with our youngest child, Adelaide, our only daughter. She could care less about potty training. She's just like, why would I do that? It's easier for me to just go in my diaper and you change me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A little bit strong-willed, a little bit lazy, a combination, a very strange combination. But what I recognized was that I had been calling her baby, right? Because she's our youngest. Mm-hmm. And I realized that she's doing what babies do, but she had to see herself as a big girl in order to even be motivated or desire to use the bathroom like a big girl does. So I had to start changing what I was saying about her. So I had to change what I was thinking about her and calling her a big girl. And another thing I did was we did I did modeling for her and we took her little dollies in the bathroom and used her little potty chair and showed her dollies how to do it. What I was doing was changing her identity yep. so that she could identify with being a big girl because she didn't see herself as a big girl. Exactly. So when she is having an accident and you're calling her a baby... What you are doing is you are reinforcing that identity, it, not intentionally, but that's what was happening. It's like, oh, I guess I'm a baby. I guess I can't do this, you know? And the minute that you started calling her big girl, it's not like everything all of a sudden changed, the clouds parted, and there were no more issues with potty training. But it is important for her to start to see herself that way. And if you say that over and over and over again, eventually she starts to believe it, and then she starts to act it out. Yep. She starts to, it works the same way with little ones as it does for us. If we want to see a certain change in our life, we have to change our identity. If we're someone who wants to exercise regularly to be in good shape and be in good health, then we have to change our identity. What Maybe it's biking for you. I'm a biker. Maybe it's running for you. I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you do yoga. I'm a yogi. I don't know, whatever it may be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Maybe you want to read your Bible every day. I'm a Bible reader. We have to change our identity. That's changing who we are on the inside. And then the reflection is on the outside what we actually do. If we try and change just what we do, it's not going to last. It's not going to stick Yep. because the inside hasn't changed at all. You can tell when you're not being authentic and you don't believe in yourself if you're just trying to model the action. There has to be a switch that's flipped internally. Uh, You have in the notes here a question about an example of a time when I was speaking negatively about a situation and how I changed my words. And as I was thinking about that, I think the biggest thing has to be with my personality. Because for a long time, I believed I was the quiet guy who prefers to be in the background and I don't want to be up on the stage. I don't want to be speaking in front of people. And it took uh, a lot, but primarily the thing that kind of flipped the switch for me was discipleship with my pastor when he painted a new picture for me, a new identity of a roaring lion inside of me. And once I was able to, to believe that, then it totally changed everything for me. And then I wasn't scared of getting up in front of people. I wasn't scared of being on the the stage for worship team and, and singing and stuff like that. Like that used to terrify me prior to that. 
And I would get so scared that it would, I would basically convince myself that I wasn't good enough at it and I would mess up <laughs> just because I was, I was so scared of being in front of people. And uh, I don't deal with that anymore. And it, but in order to get to that point, my, my identity had to change. I had to believe it on the inside before I could start walking it out. Yeah, that's really good. And the power of our words, like we said, it is a fruit of what's on the inside. So our words are extremely powerful. So what we're saying is really kind of a test or a check into where what's actually going on on the inside. That's a really good, I don't know, <laughs> a really good indication of what we're feeding ourselves with or mm-hmm. how our true identity is on the inside. I've mentioned this before, but our son Jonathan used to say, I can't read. And again, we had to work with him on that and say, have him change. I would literally stop him and be like, no, you can't say that anymore because you can read. When you really try, (laughs) you can read. So I had to have him change his confession, say, I can read and I do read. And it's really powerful because he really does. And he is getting better and better and stronger and stronger. So that's our job as parents is to help equip them to say a positive confession and have a positive cycle. Yep. And this is where you got to be careful too with growth mindset stuff. Uh, You don't want to say something like you're really good at reading because then you are creating the identity attached to the outcome, but you do want to instill in them the belief that they have the ability to do the thing, even if it's hard. Right. And it wasn't that he, good wasn't even in the confession. It was just, I can read because if you read, you'll get better at reading. <laughs> it's just a, mad, a fact of life. Yep. Whatever you do, whatever muscle you muscle memory you use, it will go, grow stronger and improve. Pastor talked about that today. You got to practice. Yep. You got to do it over and over and over and over no and over No one's exempt from practice. Exactly. It requires discipline. It requires you showing up every day and putting in the effort, even if you stink at first. <laughs> yeah. There's no magical potion. There's no magical steps. There's no one that's like super gifted and special. Practice is for everyone. Yep. In every area of life. It's not glamorous. It's not always fun, but it's a fact of life. Another scripture that I believe really applies here is Proverbs eighteen twenty through 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's pretty uh, polarizing and powerful, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what kind of words are we speaking? Life or death? You know, the thing that stands out to me in this verse, it says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love what? Love death? (laughs) Love life? I mean, essentially, the thing that you are focused on, that's the thing that you are loving. That's where your attention is. So there's a choice here, obviously. Death and life are both in the power of the tongue. And regardless of the words that you speak, you will eat the fruit of those words. So obviously we want to make it be life-filled good words. And that part you mentioned about those who love it will eat its fruit, love death. Well, who would do that? Exactly. If you talk about the negative or positive cycle though, of our thoughts, of what's in our heart and what comes out of our mouth, it's positive or negative. So if we have negative, a negative cycle, then 
well, human nature is we we go the uh, path of least resistance. It's just exactly. like water. Yep. <laughs> so we can be so um, comfortable, I guess, in the negative that we don't move to the positive. We love the negative cycle because it's easy. Yeah. It's familiar. Familiar. Right. It's what we know. And it sounds kind of stupid when you <laughs> talk about it that way, but that's totally what we do. Right. We stick with the thing that we know, even if we know it's not a positive thing. I know there's a there's a statistic about uh, people who are in abusive relationships, how most of the time they go back because that's what they know. And if you've not been in an abusive relationship, it's almost like, well, how in the world could you choose to go back to that thing? It's the same same deal here, though. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have the ability to choose life, but if we don't even know what that looks like, it's hard to choose it. Yeah. And the two words of death and life make it sound really, really extreme. But to be quite frank, it really is extreme. Yep. Because if we want to have the good fruit in our lives, if we want to see good things for our family and our children, then we need to be having a good positive life cycle, (laughs) thought life, what's in our heart, what comes out of our mouth. It all needs to be speaking life. Yep. Because otherwise the default is death, which sounds, again, it sounds so extreme, but it is black or white. It is. Mm -hmm. A lesser version of this, I think, is in... Your just every relationship that you have, you can identify somebody and you can ask yourself, does this person, when I am with them, do they add life to me or do they take life from me? Which sounds kind of extreme again when you think about that, but it really is true. And I want to be the type of person who gives life to the people around me. That doesn't happen by accident, though. You have to choose that. Yeah. I want to be that person too, where I add to people and they feel refreshed from being around me. Exactly. And there's a difference between the people we have around us. You know, we'll we'll have our group of people that add to us, but also there'll be times where we have to sow into people and maybe the words that they speak to us aren't necessarily life-giving, but they're still a part of our lives and they need to be a part of our lives. Yep. Well, it's it's easy to uh, to just succumb to the way things are and be life-taking if you're just responding to the things that are happening to you. But you do have the ability to set the tone and be, be a thermostat in every situation and live from the inside out and give life to every every relationship that you have but it has to be a choice and you have to draw from a well that's bigger than you are. (laughs) Uh, You have a limited capacity in your own ability to do that. But when you draw on the well that never runs dry, you have the ability to keep giving and out of you, out of your heart shall flow rivers of, of living water. That requires a constant inflow and a constant outflow, a constant refilling, constant going back to the source. But when you do that, then you never have to worry about your reservoir getting to the red line. Yeah, and your reservoir never getting to the point of being stagnant and stale. Things die yep. in that place. Exactly. So that cycle is really important. What I'm feeding myself with 
and what I'm thinking on and then what comes out of me because it needs to come out. Yep. One of my favorite um, pictures of this whole thing is in James 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And I love horses. I have loved horses since I was a little girl. Like I've always wanted a horse. I rode my cousin's horses growing up and loved it. And it's amazing that strong, beautiful animal is controlled by that little bit in its mouth. It's Mm -hmm. really, really amazing. And that's just such a huge picture of our words that we, you know, there's a lot of potential in every human being, but it's controlled by our mouth, good or bad. Yep. Your mouth determines the direction. Yes. And uh, likewise, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even through the wind, or sorry, excuse me, even when the winds are strong. That's another incredible picture. You don't see the rudder in a big ship, right? It's under the water. But that tiny part of the ship is what changes its course. Yep. It seems like such an insignificant part of our body, but it can do the most damage. (laughs) (laughs) The most damage or the most good. Yes. Yep. Again, it is very, very uh, stark, black and white. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that can make grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a forest on fire. I, that's true. I just think about our children a lot. We have to be so careful yep. what we say. And there's so many times where I wish I could dial back time and be like, oh, I wish I didn't say that. Or the reaction sometimes if I'm not feeling well or I'm really exhausted. I like, oh, I wish I wouldn't say that. Got to bring your A game. Yep. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it can set on fire by hell itself. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? I don't think so. Nope. (laughs) Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Mm, No. Nope. Likewise, you cannot draw fresh water from a salty spring. Whatever is inside of you is going to come out. You can't keep it hidden forever. So if you're feeding on a bunch of junk and you're trying to fake it, it's it's only a matter of time before that facade crumbles. Yeah, an apple tree produces apples. You can't make it produce pears. Yep. It's just, it's nature. <laughs> it will produce after its own kind. Yep. So you got to be, got to keep a careful watch on the things that you are saying. Uh, Be a judge of your own words first. Don't wait for somebody else to call you out on it, but take stock of your own life. And if you don't like the things that are coming out of your mouth, then consider the source and ask yourself, why is that in there? Mm -hmm. And then dig out those things and replace them with some good things. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is holy, those are the things that you want to be focusing on and those are the things you want to be decreeing. Yeah. Our pastor's wife shares a story about how she was listening to some radio uh, station, some talk show thing, and she doesn't talk a certain way, but all of a sudden she found herself one day in the heat of driving, someone cut her off or something, and she said a word that she would never say in the Mm -hmm. last, I don't know, 30 years, she said. But because she had been feeding on listening to this person who talks a certain way, she ended up talking like this person. 
And she's not she's not the only person that that does that. It it's going to happen at some point if you yes. continue to absorb those things, it's going to come out of you at some point, probably when you least expect it, usually when it's most inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what have you lear- learned recently, Michael, about decreeing? You got to say the right things. Um, you don't go by what you feel. You don't go by what you see. You go by the truth, which for us is the word of God. And so you decree those things according to God's word. You agree with your significant other or your spouse about them. And then you see the reality bend to match those things. So I'll just give you an an example, I guess, uh, personally from when I was struggling with some health stuff recently. Uh, you actually wrote on our bathroom mirror a whole bunch of Bible verses which spoke to the joy of the Lord being my strength. And uh, at the time, I was dealing with some pretty severe back pain. But basically, the day that you did that and we started confessing it and agreeing together, that's when things started to feel better. Uh, And if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, right. So you just, you know, you're in really bad back pain and you just started speaking things and then your back started feeling better. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) There is, our body is so complex and there's a whole host of chemicals going through our body that cause lots of things to happen. And our body is over 70% water and there's scientists that have studied water and have studied water molecules and how they change based on the spoken word positive or negative. It's very, very fascinating. But basically for us in our belief system, it simply confirms what God has been saying in his word for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And we speak to the waters. We speak to our situation. We speak to our body. And those God designed our bodies in such a way that the right chemicals start firing. Yep. It's, it's really, really incredible. And there's a huge nerve running from our gut to our brain, the vagus nerve that's newer to the scientific world that they're finding out about that is incredibly powerful. When we speak positive words, it literally changes the chemical balance in our body and it changes how we're digesting things. And when our gut is healthy, our immune system is stronger. (laughs) So it's all interconnected. It's all very, very good. And especially right now, when we're all needing to build our immune systems, we need to be speaking good things. We need to be speaking positive things. We need to do everything we can to fortify our lives against every attack. Yeah, exactly. And and most people don't even realize that when they're in fear and they're saying, oh, I'm going to get sick, that, yeah, they are going to get sick because they have opened the door to that. That's what they're confessing. That's what their focus is on. And so their body just responds in kind. And the moment that you start not feeling well, oh boy, here it comes, you know, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It, it's powerful. We've seen it. We've seen this truth work in our lives over and over again, not just about health, but about behavior, about all sorts of situations. And this isn't saying that you completely ignore the things that are happening or the symptoms maybe that you're experiencing, like those are real, but it doesn't have to drive everything. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to change those things. You don't have to just 
sign for every package that shows up in your head. Yeah. That's being a newsboy. You don't have to be a newsboy about every symptom yep. or a thermostat saying, or sorry, a thermometer being like, oh, this is the state of things. Being a thermostat, we change the state of things. Yep. So in evaluating our own thought life, we can really start to see where we're at by the words that are coming out of our mouths, by how we're maybe speaking about other people or our family, our children, whatever the situation may be. Because what is coming out of our mouth is what a reflection of our thought life, yep. of what's in our heart. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how do we change that? What, what can we start meditating on? What can we start putting in us so that there's more positive words coming out of us? Do you have some suggestions? Uh, just think about the identity that you want to assume and focus on those positive aspects. Don't be a newsboy and pick out every single flaw that you see because you are going to notice those things. They are going to be there. I tend to be my own worst critic. <laughs> but make sure that you are confessing the positive things. And the more that you do it, the more you start to believe it, the more you'll see your actions fall in line with that positive identity. Yeah, and for us, um, obviously, we believe in the the Word of God, and so we have a daily habit of reading reading our Bible, but then also we post it throughout the house and we say it as well. So one, one thing that has helped me is identifying who I truly am, who I want to be, and speaking those things. Yep. I've even made lists of things and, com- and confessed those things. I've had the children do that as well. And just framing our world with our words. It's really powerful. It is. It is. Because we can overcome a lot of things, a lot of past hurts. We can overcome a lot of personal limitations or things that we believe about ourselves that aren't true. Mm -hmm. Another thing that has helped me too is having the right people around me and asking them, how do you see me? Yeah. Because I guarantee you if it's the right people... For me, my husband and um, those closest to me and my pastors, when they speak to me about who I truly am, it helps set my image right of myself. Yep. Get around people who are going to speak life. Yes. So this was uh, just another powerful lesson that we have been learning ourselves, declaring and decreeing the positive things that we want to see in our life and checking our words to make sure we are speaking those words that are life-giving and not life-taking, not being a newsboy, but we're actually setting this the stage, setting the trajectory of where we want to go. Uh, so we hope that inspired you to take a check on your words and start declaring who you want to be and who you are. Thanks for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. It's an honor to walk this journey with you. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.